The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Father, let every ear be anointed to hear and every heart receptive to receive all that you have today, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want my wife to join me. We're going to kind of tag team here this morning. We just spent a lot of time talking over these things. I'm going to read the the scripture from Numbers 20, and then I'll tag you, and, and then I'll come back when I'm tagging you out. Amen. <laughs> you know, how many know what a tag team is? All right, so you, anyway, that's what we're doing right now. So we, we'll, we'll tag, I'll, I'll tag once I've read the scripture. Numbers 20 and verse 1. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tent of meetings and fell on their faces. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, take your rod and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to give forth its water. So this is for every person here that is speaking provision. You tell it, give up. Give up the provision. Give up what I need. You speak it. And he says, yeah, you shall bring forth them to the water out of the rock, and you shall give to the congregation their livestock drink. So Moses took the rod before the Lord, and he commanded them. And Moses and Aaron assembled the congregation before the rock, and Moses said, now hear you rebels. So here his flesh got involved because these guys were mumbling and grumbling and griping. So he got really angry with them. And this is what provoked him to step outside of God's purpose and plan. Now somebody said, but why did God let water flow? Because they would have lost the whole children of Israel at that juncture. They were already in a position where they wanted to go back. So God still honored the man of God, but then dealt with him privately. Are you with me? Aren't you happy that the Lord does that? He says, and Moses lifted up his hand with his rod and smote the rock twice, and water came abundantly, and the congregation drank on their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, because you did not believe in, rely on, cling to me, and sanctify me in the eyes of Israel, you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. Tag. So that was the second time. The first time, obviously, was in Exodus 17. And uh, 4 through 6, it talks about um, how, again, that was actually the first time that Moses was in that position where everybody wanted to stone him. And here you have people that five minutes ago were complaining because they were in slavery 400 years, and they were under this yoke, this burden. They had no freedom. Um, they were beaten. They were abused. Uh, when they complained, the, the Pharaoh just made it doubly worse for them. Uh, they were in a terrible situation. They, they, they couldn't do, they couldn't make any decisions themselves. They couldn't own property. They, they were just, they were slaves. And they complained and they whined and they complained. And God heard the crying of the people. And th aren't you glad God is, he still loves us even when we're whining? Um, if you have kids, you know that's like nothing wears you down more than whining. But here God supernaturally brings them out. Now they had an opportunity to go into the, the you know, promised land. Of course, they turned it down through doubt, unbelief, and fear. And so, you know, thank God, even when we mess up, God always has a plan. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. He gives us a choice so we can make a choice for the right or the wrong, but God always has a plan. And God ultimately has a plan that's not just a day-to-day -day plan or a month-to-month -month or year-to-year, but an eternal, 
a generational, from the foundation of the earth plan. And we're all part of that. Isn't that incredible? That when God saw Jesus, the foundation of the earth, he saw you and me as well. And he saw the plan that he had for our life and what we have to fulfill. Anyway, so here they were complaining in, in, in Egypt. God supernaturally sets them free with the most incredible miracles ever seen. I mean, the Bible says that the most amazing miracles were done in Egypt. And um, which was all the plagues and then the, you know, the Red Sea, the whole thing, right? So, uh, so they're whining now and they want, well, well, we had it better back there. How ungrateful do you have to, how delusional, right? And how ungrateful do you have to be to look back at your slaver in Egypt and go, we were better off. We had, we had leeks and onions, we had leeks and onions. Oh, yeah, we were slaves and we got beaten and we got abused and our children were taken from us. But it's okay. We had food. They fed us. But aren't people like that today? It's like Pastor Rodney tells a story about the little pig that we uh, saved. It has a three-legged pig. Well, we saved a couple of pigs. Anyways, but they, they, we thought we'd fatten it up for, not that we eat piggy, but we thought we'd fatten it up for, for, for Thanksgiving. And, um, and the thing had so much food that even when the door was left open, it, open, it wouldn't leave. Because it was getting fed, but anyway. So we, we did eat it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what else are we going to do with the thing? Anyway, it's not a pet. <laughs> it was a wild animal. Anyway, we, har we harvested it. So, and many people were fed. It was good. Anyways. So, <laughs> so that ungratefulness to complain uh, you know, that's what Pastor Rodney's been talking about today, about just rejoicing and being thankful. And so we always have to keep that thankful attitude. But we can only be thankful if we actually appreciate what's been given to us and what's been done for us. And even, you know what, if you haven't seen it yet, we must appreciate what's been promised. And the reason God kept his word is because of his promise. The Bible, all the way through the Bible, is a story of people letting God down, but God never letting us down. Amen. And God being faithful anyway. And then there's a few people that actually uh, did what he said. But <laughs> the rest of them, it's pretty raw and real, right? The, the Bible doesn't try and paint everybody as perfect. It paints them as real. Are you real? Amen. Have you had good attitudes and bad attitudes and made mistakes and done some things right? Amen. And so God is patient with us. And he will fulfill everything in our life if we will just honor him. But, and there are those things, you know, Pastor Rod and I made a covenant with the Lord when we first were married, and we said, Lord, if we get to heaven, we find out we didn't do what you wanted us to do, it's your fault. That sounds very cheeky, doesn't it? But we said, because we give you permission to knock in on us at any time and get our attention and straighten us out. And so God has kept us on a short leash, and we're happy that way. So we'll, we can, you will feel, you'll start feeling on the inside, something's not right, something's not right. Then you need to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, show me so that I can fix this, so that I can make the adjustment. Amen. Because your family's wondering why you're grumpy and, and you, 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 you know, you're like a bear with a sore head. Why? Because you're like wrestling with something on the inside. And, and until you sort it out and say, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord will show you in your life. Because you can, like the Israelites, you can run round and round and round that mountain complaining. Or you can make the adjustment and go into the promised land. You can make the adjustment and receive the promises of God. You can go make the adjustment and see God come through for you. But as long as you're you have a bad attitude, you're grumpy, you're unappreciative, you're, you're blaming everybody else around you, you're not, you're not checking your own heart, amen, and you're not doing what the Lord told you to do, or you, you've stretched out into an area of where you're now striving. Because the Lord said, cast the care on me. Trust me. Trust me with your life. Trust me with everything in your life. And you know, that's something we have to learn to do because when we first get born again, we are so used to doing everything ourselves. And some of us are a little more like that than other people. We won't even let anybody help us because, because they might not do it right. Oh, I don't have time to show them how to do it. So I'll just do it myself. And you take these heavy burdens on yourself. Well, you know what? We need one another. We need one another. And so we need to learn to flow together, we need to learn to accept help from people. We need to learn to accept God's help, most of all, and trust Him every day with our life. And so the first time, the people were complaining, and then 
Moses went to the Lord. He says, like, what, what am I going to do? These people are ready to stone me. It's so ridiculous that, you know, Moses was the one that led them out, and here they, they're blaming him for their problem. So we have to be careful that we don't blame the wrong person for our problem. And, you know, there's times when, when even, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful Pastor Rodney's very candid about it and truthful about it. And there were times when, when, when you know, he was wrestling with something, and then the Lord, the Lord said, who's the problem? What's the problem? Show me. And the Lord said, you the problem. So in a sense, we are always our own problem. We cause our own problem because we're not looking at things through the lens of the Word of God. We're not looking in the mirror of the Word of God. We're, we're not, we, we've, we've let something distract us. We've let the devil lie to us. We've, let, we've picked up a burden instead of leaving it on the Lord. And so Moses says, what am I going to do, Lord? They, they want to stone me. And the Lord told him, you know, go out and, and the Mount of Horeb and smite it and the water will come out. So that was the first time, right? So even though they were, they were rebellious, they were disobedient, they had such a bad attitude, um, you know, I mean, God even said to them, listen, I'm not actually risking you because you guys have done a good job here of obeying me and following me. I'm rescuing you because you're stubborn and stiff-necked. But I'm taking care of this. I'm doing this because I, I, I made a promise to your father's. And I'm going to keep this promise to you. Do you know that there's promises God will, has given you that he'll keep to your children? Amen. There are promises God has given you. You should be excited about that. Hallelujah. There are promises God has made to you that he will keep to your children and to your children's children if you will trust, them, trust him and obey him. Amen. Hallelujah. And so even when they were faithless, God was faithful. And he provided water. You know, the Bible says God gives rain to the just and the unjust. So God loves everybody. He's, he's, he's sustaining the whole of creation. And he's loving them and giving them an opportunity to receive him. So Jesus Christ, of course, was that, that rock that was struck the first time. You see, when, when we look at... Uh, Moses, we look at Abraham, we look at the things God asked him to do, like Abraham sacrificing his son. Um, these were all prophetic acts that were types and shadows of Jesus Christ. And you know, we're not living in the Old Testament, we're not looking forward, we're not still prophesying about Jesus coming. He already came. Amen. But there are things that God asks us to do that are just as important, that, are, that represent a spiritual truth that, that will uh, either bind, if we disobey, bind something up, or if we obey, open something up. Amen. And so it's very important that we obey God. It's not a light thing to disobey God. It's not a light thing to ignore him and to do what we want to do when we know what he's told us to do. It is not a light thing. It is very, 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 very important. Saul lost his kingship and then his life and his sons did not sit on the throne because Saul did not do specifically what God told him to do. So we must find out what God wants and we must do only that. And that's all that God requires of us. And what we do has a bearing and an impact on many, on the lives of many other people. Amen. You know, it's a great responsibility that we feel even when we look at what God has done, that every one of you are sitting here. And I am not saying this to blow our own trumpet at all because it's a sign and a wonder. And we, we weep over and we are amazed at what God did because we made a choice to trust him and come with $300 and three kids and four suitcases. Amen. And I'm only saying that as an encouragement to you of what God will raise you up to do and use you to do if you will just be willing, if you'll just trust him, if you won't be grumpy. You know, when Pastor Rodney was reading Ecclesiastes, the first scripture says, cast your bread on the water and you'll find it for many days. So I thought, many days? But I need it right now. <laughs> and I went and looked up in the, in the Hebrew and it still says many days. It says a multitude of days, <laughs> lots of days. And, but, you know, there are some harvests that are going to come back quickly. You know, if you're going to grow some beans, you know, there's some things that come back quickly. Uh, if you're going to plant some fruit trees, they're going to take a little longer. It, it, you know, there, there's some things that take a little longer and some things are quicker, right? So some harvests will come back quick and some will take long. But the long ones are the big ones. The ones that take the many days are those um, huge, big ones. But in the process, what do we need to do? Be faithful. 
Keep sewing. Keep sewing. With, my, with my children, after I'd spanked one of them the sixth time that day, and I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere, I'm like, Lord, I don't think this is working. He said, keep on sowing good seeds into them, because in due season you will reap. Keep on sowing. Remember, good seeds, not bad seeds. Keep on sowing those seeds into them. Keep on sowing. So whatever area of your life, keep on sowing in that area. Keep on sowing. Keep on. Keep on. There's, there's a period of faith. There's a, there's, a, there's a period you need to be proven. Even if you only have to prove to yourself, you have to be proven faithful. Amen. We have to be. So we have to walk through that faithfulness and be prepared to obey God. And so Jesus Christ was that type of the rock. He was struck once. That was the crucifixion. The second one, God was demonstrating to them, right? He said, speak to the rock. We can't crucify Jesus again. And Jesus cannot be crucified over and over. One time. We give our life to Jesus. We are saved once. That's it. We are saved. From that moment, we choose to serve him. Amen. Hallelujah. And then... We don't have to go and get saved again if we mess up. We just go, as the Bible tells us, go and confess it, and he will forgive us. Amen. And then we walk it out, and we keep our eyes on the word. We keep our eyes on that rock. We keep following the rock. We keep obeying him, and we keep on growing in him, and we keep on producing more and more fruit in our life. And so one of the things that, as Pastor Rodney said, Moses got angry. We can't afford to get angry. You know, there's, we may, you know, we may have a reason to get angry, but it's not going to produce good fruit. We may have a reason for the negative emotions or the whatever that we're feeling, because, well, you don't know what they did. I'm sure it was terrible. It was awful, and they shouldn't have. But you cannot afford to take into your spirit Anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, hold grudges. You cannot afford. If you are in the ministry, in life, in anything that you do, you know what's going to take you out? Not the pressures from outside. Not the bankruptcies, not the divorces, not the attacks, not the, not the slanders, not any of that stuff. What will take you out is your own attitude. If we get angry, if we get arrogant and prideful, See, there's two extremes, arrogant or, oh, I'm just a worm, and neither one of those is, is godly. But in the middle of, Lord, I'm nothing, you are everything. But by your power, by your authority, by your word, I'm not going on me or how I feel. I'm not going on, on my ability or what I think I can do because it just ain't there. But, Lord, I'm going purely, as Mary said, at your word. I'll take you at your word. Whatever your word says, let that be my life. Let that be the standard of my life. Let that be what you do in my life. Let that be what you use me to do at your word. And so we always lift up Jesus. So because, you know, the devil will try and push your buttons. I mean, he'll, put, he'll send people to push your buttons. You cannot afford to take a hard attitude that isn't righteous. And so, of course... Moses, I mean, there were times God wanted to take Israel out, and Moses stood in the, the gap for them. And really, the whole God was always looking for, for someone who would stand in the gap. And that person was going to be Jesus, ultimately. But he, he looked for Abraham, for Moses, for, for all of the men that he raised up to be, to stand in the gap for him. He said, who will stand in the gap? So we are the ones that, that are standing between the nations of the world and God, and we are the ones to show them the way. Amen. That's why God doesn't send angels to preach the gospel. He sends people. Yes, angels do appear to people, but most of the time they say, go and ask that person, <laughs> like, like they did with Peter. Ask Peter, and Peter will tell you what to do. And so, of course, you know, all Moses had to do was speak, but he got so mad, he, he struck it not once, but twice. And because of that, he missed out. He lost out. The children of Israel still went in, those that remained under Joshua and Caleb, but he's the one that missed out. And so Jesus Christ has already been crucified. All we do is we have to speak what God speaks. We have to speak life. We have to speak faith, not doubt, not unbelief. Amen. And again, you know, God gives us, again, as I said, even when we mess up, God 
teaches us something out of it. So we can learn something out of what, what Moses did because Moses turned around and addressed the people and he, he ripped into the people and he was right in what he said, right? He wasn't wrong. But salvation is not dependent on what we've done or we haven't done. It's dependent on Jesus Christ. It's dependent on us believing in him. It's not about your works. And so when preachers are getting up and they keep on bashing people, bash, bash that's not the gospel. That's what Moses did. He turned around and made it all about them. We need to make it all about Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And of course, once you get someone saved, you get them baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Lord begins to convict them, and the Word will convict them, and they will grow and change and become what, they, what they're supposed to be, which is growing more and more into the image of, of Jesus Christ from glory to glory. So it was symbolic, symbolic of that, that we can do nothing of our own, but salvation comes, what, through faith and confession? Jesus, I believe in my heart that you died for me. I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and Savior. Amen. And um, because what, what also what Moses did was he disrespected God in the eyes of all of those carnal people. He disrespected God in the eyes of the carnal people. Sometimes if you have your eyes on man, you're not going to give God the glory that he deserves, that he needs to have in front of those people. Those people, as messed up as what they were, they needed to see the grace of God. They needed to see the power of God. They needed to see the God, the creator of heaven and earth, almighty God. They needed to see him in his power and learn and respect. And so we are standing as the church, as his representatives, to lift him up and give him the glory before an unbelieving, carnal, ungodly world. We're standing there to give people the hope that they can have in Jesus by lifting, his up, lifting him up. Because when we lift him up, all men are drawn to a right. So it's just our job to lift him up. It's not our job to save people. It's our job to lift Jesus up and preach the gospel. And he will, he will draw them. Amen. He will bring them. Of course, you, you know, you still you give altar calls and you, you go out in the streets and you still use the script. But you do it based on the word and trusting God, not in your own flesh. Amen. And your own strength. And so it's very important that we, whatever we do, that we remember that we're reflecting God. And so we always glorify him and lift him up and not do something that, that will cause his name to be brought in disrepute because we had a bad attitude and we do what we're not supposed to do. And isn't it great that both times God sent water from the rock in spite of, in spite of, aren't you glad God's gracious to you? Amen. I'm very glad he's gracious to me. I'm very glad he's gracious to us. I'm glad he's good to us. I'm glad he blesses us. I'm glad he leads us. I'm, I'm just thankful, so thankful, so thankful for everything that he's done, that he, that he found me, that he saved me. I was trying to run away, <laughs> and, he, and he, he put a rope around me, and so, how many of you are glad you got rodeo roped by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Amen. You didn't say tag. Did you say tag? I didn't hear you say tag. I thought you were going to say tag. Was I supposed to say tag? I preached your whole thing. <laughs> but I'm, I'm pretty sure you... I was, enjoy, I was enjoying it. I, I said, <laughs> like, enjoying it. Not that I would have tagged you if I wasn't, but I was just, I was like engrossed in what you were saying. You know, one of the things, and I've shared this many times from the event that took place in March the 17th, 2020, was when the Lord showed me how much he loved his people. And I experienced that love. That love was so overwhelming. And 
when you look at people trying to do what Jesus has already done, they're striking the rock. They're trying to do it. It's, they've got their own way. They make their own choices. The struggle. You know, we spend our whole life helping people. And sometimes you can only go so far because people don't want help, especially if they've, in their minds, found their own way. And there is only one way. There is no other way. I don't care where you're from, what you've done, there is only one way. And his name is Jesus. So he's accomplished all of this. And the only way that we can walk in the fullness of it, to receive it, is to just to humble ourselves. As I always tell you, we don't deserve anything. Thank God we don't get what we deserve. And that's his grace and his mercy and his kindness. How many people here think that the Lord should have probably written you off a long, long time ago? But did he? No, he didn't. How many have ever gone along and thought, this is the end, this is it, man, I'll never get out of this. Did he bring you out? Yeah. So he, he didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't teach you to swim to let you drown or walk on water either way. He didn't build his home in you to move away. And he didn't lift you up to let you down. Now, I don't believe Moses was trying to help God at all. Moses just got really ticked off. You bunch of rebels, you. That's a nice way to address the congregation. <laughs> you bunch of, you, you stinking rebels. What's this? Water. And then you go, oops. So one of the things that I realized, and we, we were just in a great church in Miami, the pastor, her husband passed eight years ago. She's 91 years old now. She's still going. She's still, I mean, she sprightly moves around everywhere, you know. And I was talking to her. I told her, I said, when I'm 91, I want to be just like you. She's like a legend, you know. And, uh, of course, her grandson is being... Uh, touted to step into the role there as full-time pastor. They've been going 41 years. And um, she was asking me questions, you know, at a rapid rate. And uh, we were, Donica and I were fellowshipping with her. What, what a sweet, sweet lady. Great church down there. Uh, they own, what, over 20 acres and right in the very... And she said, you, you won't believe it. The people call me up now and they tell me I should just sell this place. She said, you know what God did for, to get us here? And then she started to tell the story how that where the, where the church was, the land all next to it was totally contaminated by a contaminant that the city would not allow them to build it because it had waste on it. But God spoke to her husband, said, that's your property, that's your land. And so she said, I'm not selling anything. I don't care if I'm 91. God gave us this property here because we've taken territory. I mean, this, she's, she's talking 91 years old. She ain't, she's not negotiated to leave the planet. So she said, I know everybody thinks I should just go. But she said, I still got stuff in me. She says, there's things I want to do. She started to talk about the dreams that she had and all of it. And I looked at her and said, it's going to come to pass, sister. She was walking me around the property, showing me I'm well, building this. That, that property, like you said, it was contaminated by a horrendous, somebody used it just to dump this terrible, terrible toxic, toxic waste. Toxic waste. And so they didn't want anybody to build anything on that because it was so bad. And, but God told them to take that property and they prayed. God cleaned the property. He cleaned every bit of the toxic waste out of that property. So there's no way, no way you're going to take that, that God did, and sell it to some heathen. So no. she said, there's even people say, get this to a younger pastor. She said, listen, it's taken us 41 years. We prayed. We believe God. I'm not giving up any territory. I said, you don't need to. So, so what I realized, I was sitting looking at her, and it was sweet as, I mean, just, awesome. You can check them out. Words of Life. Um, 
and the Moors, I mean, amazing people. And she, she ain't quitting. She, and, but I saw the same lines the devil was telling me, he's telling her. I thought, so it doesn't matter if you're 62 or 91, the devil still comes to you with the same crap, telling you to back <laughs> off, telling you, you, you should just give up now. She said, I'm not giving up. She said, I've, I'm, I'm going to go to 120 if I have to, but we, she said, no, she said, we are going to see what the Lord promised us here on this property. But I was sitting there watching her going, it never changes. It doesn't change. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what victories. Yeah, God gave them this, and there's people trying to talk her out of it. Look, you, you know, you are 91 now. There's even been people that come to church who said, look, if you don't do this, now we're going to leave. And she just looked at them and she said, look, I love you. I always have loved you, but I, I'm not going anywhere. And I can't be dictated to by you. God hasn't told me to leave. And if he had, if I'd be out of here. But I'm still here. There's always going to be obstacles in the way. And there's always going to be suddenness in the way. Things that come out of the blue. But you have to go back to the promises of what God said. And then you speak the word. You speak the word only. Somebody said, yeah, but pastor, we need to see results right now. Do you know one thing? We've talked about this a lot. The devil is impatient. Somebody said, why is he impatient? He doesn't have the fruit of the spirit. He doesn't have patience. Now, remember what I told you on New Year's Eve? I said, I'm going to need a lot of patience this year. I didn't even know what I was saying. And only as we got into the year, I thought, okay, all right. Like I was even impatient, but my weight wasn't dropping fast enough. And I just had to just keep going. It's going to, it's dropping, it's dropping all the time. But I was impatient. I want to get it now. It must happen now. You know, that's how I am. And how many are like that? the same way. So through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. And it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, you're going to stay the course. You're going to speak the word of God and the water, the provision, the blessing shall flow. It shall flow. It shall flow. And there are times maybe you're going to have to listen to your kids in the back seat as they open their mouth and, and start rebuking you. Hello. I was talking to Evangelist Jonathan. He said, I'm, I'm driving down the road with the Dallas Camillas in the back. And he said, I was saying, oh, we, whatever. She goes, that's a lack of faith to talk like that after all the Lord has done. He's like, Your kid's back there playing on a computer there. You know, that is a lack of faith to speak the way you speak right now, just so you know. Let me wrap it up with this. No one can get water from a rock impossible but that's our God so when you look at the rock all you have to do is see Jesus because he is the rock he's our firm foundation he is our supply you might find yourself in the middle of the desert and you stand there and you say all I see is rocks Someone will say, all I see is provision. It just depends on what you're looking at. It's dry here. There doesn't look like any way through. Um, do you see all the rocks? Water is going to flow. Jesus is the way maker. Jesus makes the way for us. We write the vision. We speak the word. 
We get up every single day and we do exactly what he tells us to do. We rejoice. We keep moving in the same direction. We don't chop and change, run around, you know. I think if I get a different hairstyle, it'll, it'll be different, you know. Some of people have changed their hairstyle so many times and it didn't help. It, you, <laughs> I'm not picking on anybody particular, but you can change your hairstyle. I mean, I'll do a makeover. Well, makeovers do help, but even then, it still doesn't change one thing. Are you listening to me? So today, I'm just very happy that Jesus is our source. He is our supplier. And the Lord reminded me, he said, remember the first word I gave you when you went into this nonsense back in 2020? He said, you know, that word is still in effect. I said, what do you mean? Like the job meal will not run out and the oil will not fail? He said, yes. He said, did I ever tell you that came to an end? He said, no. He said, well, just tell the congregation, same thing, same thing. If, if, if God was an Italian, he would be telling you same thing, same thing, same thing. Lord, what are we going to do? Same thing, same thing. Lord, it's 2024, same thing, same thing. Lord, uh, I'm here older, same thing. Lord, I'm 10 years old, same thing. Nothing changes. His word is the same. So when he showed me how much he loved his people, I realized that, obviously, because I felt that there was perfect love cast out all fear. And if you have any fears, because you're not walking in love, you're not in the love of God. There's many people looking for that love, looking for that peace. But Jesus is that source and that supply. So that's what's going to sustain us this whole year and not only sustain us, but cause us to multiply and increase. Amen. Amen. To where you become an oasis in a dry and thirsty land. Many people are going to be helped because of your life. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. I go, I go to the rock. I go to the rock, my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected. Jesus. First Indian chief, chief cornerstone. Amen. Hallelujah. He was the first, first chief. Chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. And upon that rock, this whole church and his church is built. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Just lift your hands and just thank him over that right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He didn't tell you to go hit your head on the rock. See some people in their house bashing their head on the wall. He didn't say hit your head on the rock. Speak to it. Speak to it. Speak to it. And the water will flow. Praise God. This shall be a watering month. This shall be a watering month. Amen. Hallelujah. This shall be a year of much water. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. Well, so I've made some adjustments and we'll see all the changes. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, that's what I had them on. I thought you were, I was like engrossed in it. Why don't you stop? Praise God. Just bow your heads, if you would, across the room. And I know we have many people watching around the world. And maybe you've been striking the rock. Maybe you've been trying your own things, trying your own way. But today you say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender. I'm going to give my life totally into the hands of the Lord. There's people here that you haven't done that. 
There's people here that you've been trying your own way and it really hasn't helped. There's people watching, you know who you are. And today it's a time of surrender to say, yes, Lord. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth and you went home, put your head on your pillow in the middle of the night, you passed? Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And you don't need to go to devil's hell because the price was paid 2,000 years ago. And today all you have to do is to surrender and say, yes, I'm taking my life. I'm taking all that I am and I'm putting it into your hands. From today, I don't belong to myself. I belong to you. Would you do that today? Would you say, Jesus, come and take full control of my life? Would you give up your own efforts? I don't care how educated you are or smart or clever. You could have the highest IQ. Would you give up that to say, Lord, I come in simple childlike faith and I surrender myself to you? Because he will come and he will do a work on the inside of you. And your life will never, ever be the same. Somebody said, how can you guarantee that? Because that's what his word guarantees. Maybe you're here today, you say, Pastor, I did do that. I gave my life to the Lord years ago, but man, I've grown cold. I've allowed the things of the world to come in. I, I got tired of the rebels. I got tired of what people were doing and it angered me or whatever, whatever the situation was. I've lost that first love, that, that passion that I had when I first got saved. I've lost it. I've lost that joy, that peace. I'm looking for peace in every area, but I can't find it. But I want, that, I want the Prince of Peace. Today, I want to surrender my life afresh to him. Maybe it's something hidden that no one can see. Pride, which is a terrible thing. Unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust. The hidden things that clog the heart of man. Would you say, okay, Lord, I'm giving it up today. Maybe there's outward things that everybody can see and that the enemy uses that against you to keep you in a place of, well, it doesn't really matter. Everybody knows what I've done. But God is a God of a second chance and a new beginning. And he says, come. Today, will you surrender your life afresh to him? Maybe you're here or you're watching in your homes by television and you say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord, but man, the storms have been great. Something hit me like a Mack truck from hell. A sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that knocked the wind out of your sails. But you say, you know, I'm coming to Jesus today and I want to begin again. Would you say, yes, Lord? And I'm talking to believers here. If you don't know him today, you can know him. But to believers, I'm talking about believers coming back to that first love. And then lastly, if you're here and you love the Lord, not even a question, but you constantly are plagued with doubt and you constantly are bugged by the enemy who tells you that you're not saved, you don't know Jesus. And you say, look, I, I believe I am, but I, I have... Between my heart and my head, I have a constant doubt. And today I want to know, I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I would love to pray with you and for you right where you are while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Just quickly put your hand up and say, pray for me. Put your hand up in the air. Say, yes, Lord. Up at the balcony, thank you. On the north balcony. Anybody on the floor over here? Hands are going up there, 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 there. There, in the balcony, just put your hand up. Anybody else? On the floor, under the overhang, yes, 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 yes. Over here, yes, yes. Up in the south balcony, yes. Yes, over the side. Just slip that hand up and say, yes, today is my day. 
of freedom and liberty. I'm leaving this place changed today. You can put those hands down. I want you to look at me, if you would, please, on this, this section over here. If you didn't raise your hand, but you want to be included quickly, just put that hand up and say, include me. Thank you, dear lady. God bless you. Anybody else? Up at the balcony. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Thank you, young man. God bless you. Anybody else? Put it up high. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Just say yes, Lord. You know, I did this when I was five years old. I never regretted it. This middle section here, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included just quickly. Put that hand up right now and say, include me. Anyone else? Thank you. God bless you. And then going up into the west balcony, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Just quickly put it up high and say, yes, Lord. Anyone else? And then this section over here, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included. Just slip that hand up and say, yes, Lord right under the overhang, and then up in the balcony, the south balcony. Thank you. God bless you. All right, I want everyone to raise your hand, if you would stand, please. Stand all across the building. Just stand your feet. Stand your feet, everyone that raise your hand. Stand right now. If you will come, bring your personal belongings, come from where you are, and come stand here. We're gonna to pray together. Come, come. If you're watching in your homes, if you're watching in your homes, you can stand right where you are. Come. All those that are standing, just come down here. We're going to pray together. Come. 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 You can bring your personal belongings and come. Come today. Come right now. Come right now. We'll wait for you. Come. Today is your day of freedom. Today is your day of liberty. Come. He calls you. He calls you. He calls you. He calls you. To follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Cross before me, the world behind me. We'll wait for those coming from the balconies. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your precious people, Lord before we go off the one satellite because we go from one father touch every person that's called in today by way of the phones you know every need that they have I pray that you would reach into their homes and touch them in a very special way today we pray in Jesus name and everyone said amen amen hallelujah has everyone made it down Thank God the elevators shall be here soon. Amen. For with great patience we do um, operate. Amen. I want you to look at me right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer. One prayer fits all. If you mean business with God, God means business with you. Now, in some cases there are people that will come regularly in the call and they say, but why do I keep coming regularly? Because you're not being established in who you are in Christ. And sometimes people are dabbling in a bunch of nonsense. You need to strip away all the nonsense and just come to the simplicity of the gospel. It's not hard. It's simple. The gospel is so simple that you have to get an idiot to help you misunderstand it. It's just plain. Besides, we don't walk by feelings, we walk by faith. 
So that's what we endeavor to do right here at the rivers, get you established in the things of God so that you never have a doubt again that you're a child of God. Then the Lord begins to use you to reach other people that don't know Jesus because that's what our job is to do. Before he comes, we're going to impact as many people, take as many people with us. And again, it's not based on your reputation. Somebody said, I have, my reputation is pretty bad. Well, I have a mugshot too. <laughs> so you might have a mugshot. I have one too, all right? All I'm trying to tell you is that none of this is based on what we, our abilities or what we can do. It's all based upon what we just talked about today. So based on Jesus. So it's about surrender, where you come to the place of total surrender. That's what you're going to do right now. You and your homes are going to do that. I want you to close your eyes. Raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. Pray this after me. Believe it in your heart. And say it with your mouth. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. I will be saved. So Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me, fill me, use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the devil and I turn my back on sin and I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me and thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now by faith in the finished work of the cross, I'm saved. I'm born again. And I'm on my way to heaven because Jesus is in my heart. Now lift both hands and let me pray over you. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day, let not one be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God. Every one of them. I break every bondage, every addiction, every spirit of witchcraft, every whatever. We break it off of their life. And we set them free by the power of the blood. And from this day, Lord, that you will use them. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown, or for additional resources, visit revival.com.